The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. The economic fallout of inflation and global central bank measures to tackle inflation continues. We're seeing uh, impacts in the banking sector. We're seeing impacts in terms of redundancies across particularly the tech sector and the consulting sector. We'll start with matters pertaining to banking, though. Cormac Lucy, lecturer in finance at the IMI, Chartered Accountants Ireland and Trinity College Dublin and economics commentator with the Sunday Times is with us. Cormac, can we turn to Deutsche Bank? Because we saw Silicon Valley Bank um, be partially bailed and then go bankrupt or at least um, file for, I think, Chapter 11 in the US. We've seen Credit Suisse be forced, took over by its main competitor, UBS, and had bondholders burned in the process. And now we're seeing Deutsche Bank shares sliding and the German Chancellor telling us the bank is very profitable. Should we worry? I think we have to be worried, uh, despite the official utterances of reassurance. Uh, inflation is strong and it is persisting much more strongly than most of us would have expected. Central banks are raising interest rates to try to choke off inflation. And that sounds very neat and uh, simple, but really raising interest rates is to an economy uh, what chemotherapy is to an individual. Uh, it's, It's tough medicine that is aimed to kill something off, but can cause a lot of collateral damage. And the banks you listed that have got into difficulties, they're the collateral damage that we have had so far. The, the problem we're facing is that because inflation is so persistent, central banks are still having to keep raising interest rates even further. And those interest rate increases operate with a lagged effect. So that the pressure on the financial system centered in the banks continues to get greater. Uh, and therefore, the risk of financial accidents, of further financial accidents, in addition to the ones we've already seen, uh, is still there. Uh, and I suppose worried investors, worried depositors are, are, are looking around and they're asking themselves, well, if I have my money in a bank that is already uh, has suffered reputationally, let's say, over the last 20 years, has failed to make a mark like Deutsche Bank, uh, in the international investment banking world sufficient to allow it compete on a par with the Wall Street banks. And if I'm being paid a pittance in deposit interest to keep my money there, but yet some guy in the golf club or some guy in the tennis club or some guy down in the pub tells me that he took his money out, the cost to me of taking my money out is very low because interest income is so low. The cost to me of leaving my money in and if things go wrong, suffering maybe a loss or or maybe having to go through, apply to the state to get my money back could be significant. So I might as well take my money out. And that's the danger. Now, to, to stress your analogy a bit further, in the instance of Credit Suisse, there were significant underlying health issues that had been ongoing for some time. In relation to Deutsche Bank, we are told that it is different because significant work has been undertaken to restructure and make them fit and healthy. Would you agree with that? I think they're quite similar. You know, if if you had asked people in the banking world three, six, nine months ago, before Credit Suisse was forced into a shotgun wedding, uh, is it similar to Deutsche Bank? They would have said yes. They're both central European banks. They both have aspirations to compete at the top level in world investment banking. They're both using a domestic deposit base uh, as the foundation stone to do that. And they have both failed to really make the mark in investment banking. 
so Credit Suisse was restructuring. They, they had hired Francesca McDonough out of the Bank of Ireland to be their chief operating officer. I've no doubt Deutsche Bank has been making equally strong endeavours to, to fix itself up. But the, the problem with, uh, you know, both of those banks have failed to make it really. They have failed to achieve their commercial objectives. There are question marks over some of the loans they've got into. And they're both at risk of being the object of, of rumours. And the problem with those rumours is they can become self-feeding. So but even though they you may might, become there might not be something wrong, uh, the, the rumours themselves could be enough to do great damage to a bank if they didn't have official support. That's the bank, the bank singular, or in this case, the, the duality of the two, both of whom are, were, as you say, trying to make it as investment banks. What about the banking sector, the risk of contagion from the suspicion that there is around Deutsche and what, from what Credit Suisse has gone through? Would you be concerned that this spreads into the more systemic and retail banks? Yes, uh, b- because the you know if you use the analogy of interest rate raising as financial chemotherapy, the sectors it hits first and most strongly are the interest rate sensitive sectors, uh, typically bank- banking and construction. Uh, so it, it's no surprise that we have had a series of financial accidents in the financial sector over the last six months. You know, beginning with the the run on on British government debt after the UK uh, botched trust budget, uh, FTX, the cryptocurrency, uh, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, which went bust, they are two of the top three largest bank failures in US history. And they've occurred this month. So my concern is that the financial tourniquet that is being applied by central banks raising interest rates, that is getting tighter rather than looser. So while the central banks are doing Trojan work to address the particular crises that are erupting, they're adding to the pressures that are likely to cause future crises. You mentioned the sectors that are most susceptible. We've also seen a big hit in the tech sector in terms of layoffs with Meta, with Twitter, with um, Amazon and so forth. And now we're seeing it through consulting. Accenture letting go 19,000 people worldwide. Well, that's a, that is a huge number, and it, it's a big hit for any of the 19,000 who lose their jobs and, and, and their near and dear ones. But 19,000 is less than 3% of Accenture's worldwide uh, workforce. So what we're seeing there is a sector that has exploded in growth over the last 10, 15 years. And now they're, they're cutting back somewhat. Uh, in anticipation of reduced demand and slower economic activity. So the absolute numbers of people being laid off is very high, but relative to their whole workforce, it's it's modest enough. Are you? What's the significance of the fact that we're seeing it in, in consulting? Because we saw during the, the COVID years a huge increase in scale. I mean, the hiring that went on, particularly at organisations like Meta, was vast. And they then said effectively that while the layoffs appeared vast, they were only resetting back to about 2020, 2019 levels. Why is it affecting consulting the same way it's affecting the uh, big tech firms? Well, we're coming out of maybe 10 years of effectively zero interest rates. And if I'm trying to grow a business and I can fund the debt to that will allow me to grow at effectively zero percent interest rates, I can really grow fast. So the, the sectors that have grown fastest in the last 10 years 
are the ones most dependent on that on, on that low debt. And you've got companies like Accenture, which are doing work for these fast growth high tech sectors. So them coming under pressure after the tech sector comes after pressure uh, isn't a huge surprise because they're both effectively uh, fishing in the same pond. Finally then, Cormac, the, you talked about the the consistent high inflation being counter to expectations given what the, the central banks are doing. Do you see any light at the end of the tunnel? Do you see any indication that inflation is going to start coming back? Well, I think it is already starting to come back. It's just proving more resistant to come back than would have expected. Ironically, the central banks will never say this, but if they induced a recession, that would crush inflation very fast. So an indirect object of their policy, even though they can't admit this, is to slow the economy down and reduce inflation that way. Because so much money was pumped into the economy during COVID, there's a lot of money sitting in people's pockets, which is spurring demand and preventing that slowdown happening. If we look at the United States, their construction sector has already been slowing down for six months. We can look at their banking sector. That's already entering real problems now. So I think the US is probably on the edge of entering recession. And I think we're going to see that in job numbers over the next three months. And we'll see inflation come tumbling down with that towards the second half of this year. Cormac, thank you very much for your time this morning. That's Cormac Lucy, who is lecturer in finance at the IMI and uh, Trinity College. And he's also economics commentator with the Sunday Times Ireland. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.